Welcome to the Cairo Radio Rundown, the podcast where we collect all the hosts' takes on the biggest stories of the day and force them to compete involuntarily. There are no winners or losers except for the ones you decide in your own head. I'm Jake Rummel. By day, I'm the producer of the Tom and Curly Show, and by night, your tour guide on the safari that is the Cairo Radio political landscape. Monday was Columbus Day, or as it's recognized in several cities in Washington State, Indigenous Peoples Day. Over the pseudo-holiday weekend, the Seattle Times ran a piece in their Pacific Northwest magazine with the headline, Washington is named for a president who owns slaves, should it be? Ron Judd's the writer of this piece. He raises the question, does the fact that President George Washington was a slave owner disqualify him from deserving a state named after him? So most of our hosts attempted to answer this question. I would say there's actually a a pretty decent consensus in terms of what answer they came up with, but they all got there in pretty unique ways. Here's Ursula Royteen's take. She's on with G. Scott every day from 9 a.m. to noon. I'm of the mindset at this point that no question is too ridiculous, but I think that if there's any push to change the name of the state of Washington, I would not be on board with that. Um, And I say that because... We need to make sure that we are not sugarcoating our history lessons. And I think it's really important to understand, yes, George Washington was the father of our country, as many people say. He was the first president of the United States. He did command the army during the American Revolution. And he presided over the convention that put together the U.S. Constitution. All those things have just tremendous impacts. So he did a lot of good. But it is also true that his family owned slaves. He owned slaves. I think there were, I mean, I think it was like dozens of slaves in Mount Vernon, and half of them were owned by Washington. So we need to know that so that we don't hide our history. I mean, but the the fact is, there, I believe, are maybe a dozen presidents who did own slaves. And we also need to be taught that. This was G. Scott's response. Oh, it's a ridiculous question to ask. And Ursula, uh, King County, I know it was named after, it wasn't just after Dr. Martin Luther King in the beginning. But right now, King County is is kind of a playoff of uh, Dr. Martin Luther King, right? Yes. Do we still have issues with race in King County? Yes. Here's my point, guys. Like, look, I am not about to spend my fight on things that need to get better in this world on names. Look, I just can't do it. I, we don't have time for it. Look, you want to take, you know, oh, you don't want this street name. You want to make this street name. Does that make things better? No. Making thing, names and changing names does not make things better. So for me, I'm going to spend my time with true change with people. Right. That's how the change happens is with people, not by the name of a state. Don't rename the state of Washington. Don't even ask the question. If you should just leave it alone, call it the state of Washington. There's some some million people living here. We good. We got other issues other than the name of the state. Dave Bose filling in, at least for the beginning of this week from noon to three, started out by admitting that George Washington wasn't a perfect guy. I don't have a problem with bringing um, that issue up with George Washington. I think that. Sometimes people are afraid of of history. You know, they don't like to bring up the blemishes because history is easier with um, with goodies and baddies. You know, where you say this is good, this is bad, and you don't want to bring up the flaws in heroes. Uh, but if you look at people, they tend to be people of their own time period. And Washington was a Virginian um, and a farmer in Virginia, and he did own slaves. And I think that that's important to note. It's also interesting to note that he did have his uh, his slaves freed, uh, but that was upon the death of his wife. Um, 
also, you know, I think that there's there's some individuals who try to try to sugarcoat it and say, well, yeah, but Washington was known to treat his slaves well. Well, I mean, that's on a sliding scale. I don't know about you, but um, well, in that relatively uh, in that relative circumstance is still pretty darn bad. But both maintained that it's still important to recognize Washington's accomplishments. So all those things I think are solid to say, solid to talk about. It's worth exploring, not just as part of our history, but also as human nature and how we tend to rationalize um, ourselves. I think that's a fascinating part of the study. But Washington was also a great man. He held the country together. Without this country, um, the world would be a much different place. If we didn't fall to Nazism, which would be extremely likely if the Nazis had not had to, and the Axis powers hadn't had to worry about the United States, we likely would have fallen to um, to communism. And the multiple millions of people uh, who would be murdered by an ideology, an idea um, that continues to to murder people today, and enslave people, and uh, and separate people from their children permanently, and try to re-educate people and the rest. So again, you have to take everything as a whole. And Washington wasn't named after the state of Washington wasn't named because George Washington was a slave owner. The state of Washington was named after George Washington because he saved the country. Because uh, as a general, he led the country against, you know, with no, with no army, with a, a pathetic ragtag group of, of rebels and won against the world's most powerful army at the time. And then he came back to save it time and again, politically speaking, when the country was at odds with each other and so divided, it looked like we would fall. And then it gave the United States a chance to become a great nation. That's why Washington a state is named after George Washington. John Curley and Tom Tangney on For Your Afternoon Drive didn't address this piece directly. I actually had it on their list that I make for them, uh, but they ran out of time. But they did talk about some protests in Portland, and that conversation ended up in a pretty similar place. In Portland, they had a day of rage. Protesters were out there toppling statues of, uh, they took down Teddy Roosevelt. Uh, they are also able to take down Abraham Lincoln. Anybody else get taken down, Tom, in the day of rage in Portland? No, that's my understanding, those two. But it is interesting. I thought it was just sort of random. They just took down whatever statues were around. But they were marked. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt, uh, you, you know, he was, uh, he his as they put it in the article, expressed hostility toward uh, Native Americans. They mm -hmm. were thinking of Indigenous Peoples Day. And they targeted Teddy Roosevelt, who had, you know, who was not a, a big... Uh, Native American uh, rights uh, defender, and uh -huh. um, so this uh, this is pretty deep inside uh, kind of history. But Abraham Lincoln and I had heard of this. There's a uh, Dakota thirty eight. It's the na the number of uh, Dakota men who were executed in the single uh, biggest uh, day of execution in American history. Mm -hmm. uh, Lincoln. There was a, a a dispute among I assume these were Native Americans, and Lincoln commuted the sentence of two hundred sixty five, but condemned them in the Dakota U.S. War of eighteen sixty two. Um, he uh, did uh, allow for or call for the execution of 38 of the uh -huh. leaders, I assume. I and see. And so they actually had historical reason to, oh, to go after absolutely that. Absolutely, right. That, that there's absolutely okay. no reason that you shouldn't tear down a statue. Just to be clear, if you don't know John well enough yet, you might not be aware he was being sarcastic there. This was John's follow-up question to Tom, though. Right. And once we raise the consciousness and then the action is the consciousness is raised to such a point that we now begin to judge the actions of somebody three, four, five, 
500 years ago to the standards by which we live today. So then we say, okay, well, listen, we're going to get rid of uh, Christopher Columbus, horrible guy, 1492, long time ago, but still we we, terrible person. So now let's start moving forward. And then at some point, because if we want to be consistent, we have to change the state of Washington. The name Washington, the state of Washington needs to have a name change. Let us be consistent. So we'll get rid of that. And then we're going to take down the Washington Monument. We'll blow that up. We'll knock that down. And we'll grind that up into pieces. And then we'll do something else with it. And we take down the Jefferson uh, Memorial as well. That needs to go. So I'm asking for consistency. That goes away. If you want to take these other things down, if we're going to be judging all of these historical leaders by the, with the same exact sort of uh, scientific uh, inflex to be able to say, well, they thought that 200 years ago. We don't think that anymore. So we're judging by our standards. These must go. So we wipe out the history and move forward. I mean, George Orwell could not have written a piece that is no longer fiction, but we live by it. So are you in favor of, and if you're not in favor of, tell me why, not taking down the Washington Monument? Because, Sean, I know Why not? you... So, let's just take things one at a time. Well, t- we gave Washington, Teddy, Teddy Roosevelt statues come down. Did I say approve of that? No. And I think if you commit a crime, you have to pay the consequences. You like raising I, consciousness, Tom. It's raising consciousness. If you want to be civilly disobedient, you then be civilly disobedient like Martin Luther King. You march, you get arrested, you send your time in jail. That is how you make your point. I am not endorsing take, tearing down... These statues. You so, said less Confederate statues. You're okay with fewer, taking statues down. You, city yes, council, how did city I council. prove them? City councils voting to do that because it's not a good reflection of their city. That is the role of the city council, and that's yeah. what they were doing in a lot of these southern towns. I actually thought G. Scott summed up this topic really well, so I'll let him do that for us. For anybody that has a whole bunch of cash on them, up under the pillow, under the bed, <laughs> and you really have a problem with who is on the face of it, let me give you my address <laughs> and you can drop all of those dead presidents off at my house and I will kindly, kindly make sure that this will never be a problem for you again. Dave Ross didn't get a chance to weigh in on this subject on his show this week, but I still wanted to make sure we heard from him. So what we're going to do is boot up the Cairo Radio Time Machine, a special device that allows us to suck radio segments out of the past that may have some relevance today. I'm going to type in October 8th, 2014, which is the day that Seattle officially announced they would recognize Indigenous Peoples Day instead of Columbus Day. Sorry, takes a second to boot up here. All right, the radio time machine has spit out a tape. Let's see if it worked. As you know by now, Seattle has declared what used to be called Columbus Day in the city of Seattle, Indigenous Peoples Day, as a way to right the perceived wrong that Columbus did when he landed in the Americans in the Americas and uh, immediately exploited the natives. And I thought that to lend uh, some perspective to this, we talk with someone who has studied this whole topic. In fact, he teaches a course on thegreatcourses.com called Experiencing America. He is the undersecretary at the Smithsonian for History, Art, and Culture, Professor Richard Curran. So what about, how do you feel about this uh, attempt now to uh, right the wrong by uh, at least trying to erase Columbus? Well, I think there's, I think, two processes there. I think historians are always demythologizing because, you know, you're always trying to investigate actually 
you know, what happened, what were the circumstances. Columbus left uh, diaries. There were contemporaries. Uh, we know about the, uh, uh, you know, what happened in particularly Hispaniola, uh, those colonies in the wake of Columbus. So I think, you know, historians are always going to get into the detail. But again, uh, you know, when we're often talking about national celebrations, these things do take on a life of their own apart from the particular people. Think, think about Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> you know, so, so you know, uh, and think about now the commercialization of some of our holidays that started out as holy days and really religious holidays, and now they become, you know, shopping events. So I think these things go through transformations. It's kind of, you know, I think it's actually healthy that people have these discussions and debate over history and how history is turned into, you know, this form of uh, heritage and, uh, you know, symbolic iconicity, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, One can surely understand the position of Native peoples, uh, you know, who uh, ended up uh, were diseased, uh, not on purpose, but, you know, many people coming in from Europe brought diseases to which uh, Native people did not have any immunity to. Uh, and, uh, you know, as we think now in this nation, you know, this day and age with, you know, things like Ebola, <laughs> people coming from distant parts of the world, bringing things to which can rip through the population, right. it kind of brings it home of what must, must have been happening in indigenous territory. People seeing their lands taking over, people uh, being enslaved and killed. So you can certainly understand that. And I think the heightened debate is a, is a good thing. But I can't really comment on like a, you know, a, a city government uh, making a resolution or something. <laughs> wow, that uh, really worked out much better than I could have dreamed. Wait a minute, what's uh, what's going on here? Why is the why is the time machine still running? I didn't ask for anything else. It spit out another tape for some reason. This one says it's also from 2014. And I should play it. Hmm, seems pretty suspect, but I have very little oversight on the show, and no one is stopping me. The working title is Ask Us Anything. That's where you get an opportunity to ask Tom or myself anything you want, and we try to answer within 30 seconds as honestly and as entertainingly as we possibly can. Here comes the question from Brian. This question is for Tom. What type of decoration should I use on Indigenous People's Day? (laughs) I think that's great. I think if you, Indigenous, it can be your own people. So if you're Irish, you can do something, wear something Irish. If you're Algerian, if you're whatever, I don't think you should. It is a mockery if you dress up as the R word, John, just to give you some. Use, but I think it'd be good indigenous, indigenous to your own, you know, your own self, your own national origins. I think that's a great compromise. That's a good question. Yeah, that's good. So that's the Cairo Radio Rundown for October 13th, 2020. Once again, I'm Jake Rummel, the host and producer of the show. So far, no one has taken me up on my offer to personally walk them through how to subscribe to the podcast, like certain members of my own family needed. I'm assuming that's because everyone else figured it out, but the offer is still out there. You don't always have time to listen to every Cairo Radio show, but you'll always have time for the Cairo Radio Rundown. See you on Thursday. 